Alrighty. Real easy to follow that up, no problem. Grab a tissue, wipe your eyes. You got some snot dripping down, my guy. Clean that up before you go in the office. This is Sportsnet Today. Ryan Pinder typically hosts the program. It's brought to you by Wild Rose Brewery, proudly brewing the beer right here in Calgary. Visit the Tap Room and Restaurant in the Curry Barracks where you can find your favorite Wild Rose beer at bars and liquor stores all around Alberta. Adam Stanley's going to join me in just a moment for the Speargrass Golf Show. Also coming up, Connor McGahey, who's joined this station quite a bit over the course of the Colorado Avalanche Stanley Cup winning playoff run. We're going to talk to him live from the parade down in Colorado. So very gracious that Connor's taking a little bit of time to uh, just kind of go over the last 72 hours. What's he drinking today? What's the cocktail of choice? That type of thing. Let's get to the Speargrass Golf Show brought to you by Speargrass Golf Course, Calgary's most friendly and relaxed golf experience. You can visit them at speargrass.ca. And very happy to uh, chat with Adam Stanley right now. Adam, how do we find you today? I'm, I'm doing well. I, we're inching closer to uh, a little bit of a, a breather, a little bit of a holiday weekend finally after mm. uh, a crazy June. But uh, yeah, no, we're doing well. Hopefully you're, uh, you're well too. Yeah, we're we're doing good here. Uh, I wanted to. There's really three things we wanted to talk about today. I want to talk about the PGA, the Live Tour, and then a little bit of Brooke Henderson as well, who had an outstanding week. But let's start with uh, the John Deere Classic. What's the lowdown for this weekend's PGA tournament? Yeah, I mean it's it's an interesting time of the year on the PGA Tour schedule because you know it it, it does come around the July Fourth weekend, so it's a bit of a a lull in the action. Um, you know, there's not really the biggest of names who are teeing it up this week. Uh, but from a Canadian perspective, you know, there's seven guys in this field uh, this week. Uh, seven Canadians. Uh, Adam Hadwin, obviously being the lead one. You know, he's 45th or something like that on the. FedEx Cup uh, standings, and, and he's one of the betting favorites this week after his fabulous effort at the U.S. Open a couple weeks ago. Uh, but probably the biggest name in terms of returning to action is Taylor Pendrith. Uh, Taylor's mm-hmm. a rookie on tour this year, of course, but uh, he broke his rib at the Players' Championship and, and hasn't teed it up since then. So uh, been been a big bummer for him. Uh, he was playing really, really well at the beginning of the season, played extremely well at the Players, and has been on the shelf since then, had to miss the Canadian Open of course, because of this broken rib, uh, but he's back in action a little bit later this afternoon. So good to see him uh, returning. We were texting a little bit. He's hmm. so, so excited to finally get back out there and, and kind of ho- hopefully restart the season that he had uh, prior to breaking his rib. So he's excited to be back. Well, and a rib injury for a golfer like that, there's a lot of torque throughout the core when you're playing golf. That, oh, yeah. that must have been a brutal <laughs> recovery. Yeah, big time, because you can't, like, you know, everyone knows the human body. You can't see the rib. You can't really wrap it in in a cast like if it was a broken wrist. So literally the only thing that he could do was was take time and, and wait and, and wait for it to naturally do its thing. And, and Taylor, uh, for, you know, for those who don't know, Taylor hits the ball longer than almost anybody on the planet. You know, his swing speed, his ball speed is very Bryson DeChambeau-esque. Arguably Taylor uh, hits it farther and, and hits it faster than Bryson. So when you're talking about uh, the core, when you're talking about the place where you generate speed, uh, it's right there. And so for somebody who does that, uh, the action does look a little bit different, according to Taylor's uh, coach. Uh, Just the position that he had to get into is slightly 
off as compared to what it was before breaking the rib. So something to look out for. But, um, you know, he, he was aiming to return at the Canadian Open a couple of weeks ago, uh, but just wasn't quite ready to go. And, and like you mm-hmm. said, a broken rib, uh, nothing to screw around with. So he kind of just waited and now he's back. Yeah, and, and that's not necessarily something that, okay, now you can swing a golf club right back out on tour. Like, I'm sure anybody who plays golf casually will tell you, you take two weeks off and you feel like yeah. you're you're starting over again. <laughs> yeah, 100%. I, I would agree with that. And, and, I mean, there's so much to playing PGA Tour golf or playing high-level golf. I mean, he's also not been on a plane in, you know, two months yeah. or, or, or longer. So you, you have to kind of adapt your whole body to – uh, the routine of playing PGA Tour golf again. So uh, the good news is, since he did play so well at the beginning of the year, uh, he's not outside that top 125 on the FedEx Cup standings. Um, he's likely now also got a couple of medical exemptions that he can use in the next season if he needs to use that. But, um, you know, this is a guy who's laser-like focused on re-earning his PGA Tour card, uh, laser-like focused on, on re-upping that momentum from the beginning of the year, uh, and kind of took more time than he would have liked, but probably the necessary time uh, to come back and, and play PGA Tour golf again. So we'll watch t- uh, Taylor Pendrith at the PGA uh, down at the John Deere Classic this weekend. Live Golf has their first tournament in the U.S. this weekend as well. They're up in Portland. More former PGA players set to make their debut. Brooks Kepka, Bryson DeChambeau, Matt Wolf among them. What intrigues you the most about this weekend's event? You know, honestly, I was mostly intrigued at the press conferences and how the guys were going to be coming out and talking uh, about their decisions. Uh, Certainly, uh, Brooks is is probably the main one. I mean, this is the guy who, you know, seven days prior, 10 days prior at the U.S. Open was just saying, like, guys, like, this isn't this isn't for me. I'm not doing this. Uh, You're casting a black cloud by even asking about it. Uh, And then he said, you know, quote, opinion changed uh, after the U.S. Open, a.k.a. they probably offered him more money. uh, And now here he is. So, you know, all that's kind of out of the way. And they certainly have done their best to collect, um, you know, the villain, the villains of the PGA Tour over there between Patrick Reed uh, you know, Bryson, some people don't really like him. Brooks Kepka, of course, has kind of always come out and said his own thing. And yeah, it's just, it's a unique time. I'm curious to see how the golf actually is because the golf at the other event was absolute junk. So mm-hmm. uh, will will that be better, you know, this time around perhaps? But you know, at the end of the day, it's still, it's an exhibition tour and um, guys are probably going to decide to go and, and do that more if they so choose. But um yeah, it's just a it's it's going to be unique to see how these new guys impact the actual golf product. Is there maybe anybody else that you're hearing might be chasing the money over to the Live Tour? Like, are we expecting this to be kind of a continuous thing as the season goes on, a steady trickle of players switching over? Yeah, I mean that's probably the the hundred million dollar question because mm. I think in terms of the the big names in the sport, you know, Rory, Justin Thomas, Colin Morikawa, um, you know, just to, to name a few from the top 10, it does seem like they have, have truly drawn the line, said, no, we, we are not doing this at all, period, done. Um, but Brooks was in that camp, and he was in that camp for a long time, and now he's not. So uh, the only other name that I've heard uh, was Victor Hovland. Uh, his name has kind of come up in, in conversation, but he was kind of tied into the Victor Hovland, Colin Morikawa, Matt Wolf crew as like they were all going. Uh, and then Matt Wolf 
did end up going. Uh, Colin Morikawa has not. Uh, and Victor Hovland, I, I guess, remains a bit more of a question mark. So um, as far as other players trickling over, honestly, I think it just kind of remains to be seen because Brooks Kepka uh, would kind of prove that no matter what somebody's saying, uh, at some point, they may just fully change their mind and off we go. We're talking to Adam Stanley, all things uh, well, all things golf. I was going to say all things PGA and LPGA, but I guess we're throwing live in there now, too. Um, yeah, I guess we are, yeah. <laughs> but over uh, the past week, it's been a big week for uh, Canada's Brooke Henderson. It was the Women's PGA Championship that was the last weekend, and it wasn't the best outing for Brooke. Tied for 16th at one over, which is you know a good finish, but maybe not to her standards. But then the last couple of days, a really cool honor bestowed on her as well. Can you tell us about the week that was for Brooke Henderson? Yeah, yeah, 100%. I mean, I, I live here in Ottawa, and the, the mayor of Ottawa, Jim Watson, uh, bestowed Brooke with the, uh, with the key to the city uh, a couple days ago on, on Tuesday here. Uh, she was in town as part of the, the CP Women's Open uh, Media Day and just kind of promotional tour. So she stopped at a, at a golf town store earlier in the day. She did a one-hour meet and greet. It was the busiest uh, meet and greet that they golf town has ever done. Hmm. Uh, so that was pretty unique to be, you know, a part of, and, and certainly she was uh, getting a little tired at the end of it, but huh. she did, uh, she did a great job. And then, yeah, zipped over to the golf course, uh, did a big promotional media availability for the tournament, uh, and then got the, got the key of the city, which has been kind of given out to people in, in this city since 1902. So wow. a, a very, very unique opportunity for her, but I will say, and this is a neat little Calgary connection. She has three, keys to the two cities she's got this one she has her hometown smith falls she's also on the the town sign welcome to smith falls home of brooke henderson which is kind of cool and calgary gave her the key to the city in uh, 2016 but calgary's key is not actually a key it's a cowboy hat so she's got one of those two <laughs> so she's got three so this one is a legit key is it like a is it like a, a prop key like is it massive or is it like you know just like a normal key to like get in your house no, it, it's probably uh, between prop key size and normal key size. It is like a real, like old school key. Yeah, it's probably as big as your hand. It's as big as your hand. Yeah, I was imagining like a like a Pirates of the Caribbean key, like one long rod with like a big loop. You That's can. It. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> there you go. Uh, the, <laughs> so she so she's got that. Yeah, exactly. And then she's got that. She's got her cowboy hat, and then she's got the Smith Falls key as well. It's a whole set. Can't leave. Can't leave home without them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, her keychain is becoming very, very, uh, very, very heavy. But to your point about her result, though, you know, quickly on, on that, mm. she still earned, you know, she earned $120,000 for that finish. And, and I know we talk a lot about sort of the live golf money and how silly it is. But, you know, that that tournament's purse doubled uh, overnight, you know, 50% from or 50% increase from the year prior. So it went up to 9 million from 4.5 million. Uh, and they only made that announcement on Wednesday and the tournament itself started on Thursday. Wow. So excitement there and Brooks tied for 16th. You know, it's funny. That's her worst finish of the year. <laughs> it's a tie for 16th. She missed two cuts. Uh, but when she's found the weekend, she's played extremely well to this point. Um, yeah, like I said, her, her 16th, her, her tie for 16th, was her worst finish of the year. So definitely playing some good golf. Um, already won, you know, a couple of weeks ago, ironically, the Sunday of the Canadian Open. Uh, she uh, she won on the LPGA Tour, and uh, she's off for a little bit now, and, and then she'll head over to Europe and, and play a couple majors over there uh, before she comes back and tees it up at the uh, Canadian Women's Open here in Ottawa in a couple of weeks. So kind of putting you on the spot here, but would it be safe to assume that that's her first tournament where she's finished over par this this season? 
yes. Yeah. For sure. Impressive. For sure it is. Yeah. Impressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, last one for you, Adam. The CP Women's Open returns this year in August. you got to be excited about this. Can you tell us a little bit more about the tournament? Yeah, big time. I mean, the CP Women's Open goes back forth uh, across Canada, so obviously it's in Ottawa here, it's in Vancouver next year, and then it'll come back east and then out west. Who knows where it may end up, but maybe it'll end up uh, in your neck of the woods, which would be pretty cool, and everyone's excited. I mean, there's no arguing that the momentum for this tournament is exactly comparable as the momentum behind the return of the RBC Canadian Open as well. I mean, that uh, that tournament just went off as, you know, as well as it could have. Um, you know, that tournament had an exceptional winner, exceptional week, exceptional golf course, and, and all of that excitement is, is bubbling up to the surface for the Women's Open as well. Uh, the rink is going to make its debut mm. here. So, yeah, so the 17th hole, the par three, uh, is going to have hockey boards all, all wrapped around it. Uh, Hilton, which is one of the, the sponsors of Golf Canada, is building a, a little hotel room on the 8th tee so then somebody can, like, win a chance to spend two nights, like, on the golf course, Ooh. like at a hotel room, which is kind of cool. Um, and then what did they say? All 10 of the top 10 on the money list right now are confirmed along with 41 of the top 50. So uh, a, a big time field, a uh, big time momentum behind the event. Uh, and then everyone's just obviously super excited to see Brooke, but Brooke aside, <laughs> basically all of the game stop golfers on the woman's side are also going to be there too. Love it, Adam. Uh, anything coming up that we have to uh, keep an eye out for that you're uh, going to be dropping soon? Yeah, I mean, we, you know, the PGA Tour, the LPGA Tour schedules are still just chugging along. I, I'm, I'm really pumped about where the PGA Tour is going to be playing in the next couple weeks. Uh, they're going to have the uh, the Scottish Open. Then, of course, the the British Open is going to be played at St Andrews this year, which, uh, of course, is the home of golf. So excited to see that. Tiger Woods is going to, of course, make his return at the British Open. And then also he's playing this uh, hit and giggle pro-am thing uh, over in Scotland as well. Uh, Tiger Woods is going to be seeing it up there along with Rory McIlroy and, and a bunch of other guys. And that's actually going to be on television uh, too. So, you know, it's, it's time for coffee golf. It's all these European events that are going on. And, and that means, you know, four o'clock, uh, pour yourself a pot and watch, uh, and watch some of the best players in the world. Uh, play some really amazing golf courses, which uh, which should be fun uh, and a nice little way to, to spend the summer over the next few weeks, for sure. Well, I would have to agree. Adam, always appreciate the time, man. Enjoy the golf this weekend. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah, no worries. Happy to. Thanks. There you go. That's Adam Stanley, the Canadian golf media personality. He does everything. Writes, analyst, goes on the camera, does all the podcasts, you name it. PGA, LPGA, dialed on the live tour as well. And uh, we love chatting golf with Adam Stanley on the Speargrass Golf Show, brought to you by Speargrass Golf Course, Calgary's most friendly and relaxed golf experience. You can visit them at speargrass.ca. That'll put a bow on our first segment here on Sportsnet today. But around the corner, uh, Connor McGahey is going to join the show. And Connor has taken plenty of time over the course of the postseason to hang out, uh, come by, chat with the morning show. You know, and and that is an absolute grind. It is basically 60 days straight. He's obviously doing all the media availabilities, calling the games, doing all the travel, everything that goes involved with that, and still took time to chat with our humble station here in Calgary. And uh, today we'll kind of put a bow on the season. He is down from the parade route. We'll chat to him next right here on Sportsnet Today, brought to you by Wild Rose Brewery. 
proudly brewing their beer right here in Calgary. Visit the tap room and restaurant in the Curry Barracks or find your favorite Wild Rose beer at bars and liquor stores around Alberta. We'll mix in a water with Connor McGahee next right here. Sportsnet 960, the fan. Welcome back. You're listening to Sportsnet today. Sportsnet 960, the fan. Happy Thursday. Getting you into a long weekend. Happy early Canada Day as well. And to our American friends, happy early July the 4th. Our American friends, just like Connor McGahey, who joins us here on Sportsnet today. Brought to you by Wild Rose Brewery. Proudly brewing the beer right here in Calgary. Visit the Tap Room and Restaurant in the Curry Barracks or find your favorite Wild Rose beer at bars and liquor stores around Alberta. And Connor, I would, I would suggest that you might not find Wild Rose Brewery down uh, where you are, but there's probably a few uh, pops being consumed. Can you set the scene for us? Where are you? What's going on? Well, um, yeah, first of all, good to talk to everybody up there again. Uh, it's a big day today, as you can imagine. The, uh, the pre-rally for the Avalanche Championship Parade is now ongoing at uh, the city and county building, which is, uh, if you remember back to, uh, this is where the Broncos uh, have done all their Super Bowl parade mm-hmm. celebrations, the Avalanche, both of them. It's sort of a, a half-curved uh, building with, with Greek columns and then about, I don't know, a quarter of a mile away on the opposite side of Civic Center Park is the state capitol, Gold Dome. And that entire space is completely filled with people right now. And the parade hasn't even begun. The parade will start at Union Station, which is uh, about a mile away in downtown, and it'll go up 17th Street and down Broadway here. Uh, but the party has begun. People have been here. We started to set up around 4 a.m. this morning, and people were already here getting their getting their places. And then uh, I think they at least waited for the sun to come up to start cracking open lovely <laughs> pops. So, <laughs> so that's good. But uh, it's a it's a full on party here in Denver, Colorado. They've sung the national anthem here. They have uh, a DJ up right now. Uh, local band Big Head Todd and the Monsters uh, will get on stage as well and play. And then. Uh, Probably around 10, 30, 11, uh, maybe the parade will conclude. And we'll hear from some of the players on stage. General Manager Joe Sackick and the, the cup will come out of the doors of the city and county building, and, and the people will continue to celebrate. So uh, it's, a, it's, it's a really nice morning uh, here in Denver, Colorado. Yeah, I love to hear that. Uh, I did want to ask you as well, just what the last 72 hours have been like for you, because obviously the, the, the cup is awarded Sunday night. I imagine there is a little bit of festivities down in Tampa Bay before getting back to Colorado. Just what have the last 72 hours looked like for you? Uh, it was it was just uh, amazing. Right after the uh, the final whistle, uh, the horn goes and the celebration begins, and and that's always a special moment when it's mm-hmm. when it's raw and immediate, and you get to be a part of that on the ice afterwards, and. Uh, then the party continues for some, I'm, uh, I'm an old man at heart. I need a little bit of sleep, you know? So, uh, I got some winks in there and let, let me, uh, pass the torch to some others. Uh, but for them, for the team, uh, it seems like it's been a, a pretty big party. Some rounds of golf. They, uh, took us down the cup to Coors Field last night, uh, where they, uh, went out, uh, onto the field there as the Rockies were playing Gabe Landeskog throughout the first pitch. Um, and so, yeah, it's just sort of been a, a celebration tour for them and, and uh, just been, been watching that. And it's just so happy for 
some of the guys, whether you've been here for a couple months or, or many years, in the case of Eric Johnson, going back to his trade from St. Louis in 2011, first overall pick in 2006 with the Blues, uh, that's a long road. Guys like him, Jack Johnson, mm-hmm. Andrew Cagliano, um, they deserve the party that is uh, that is ongoing right now. Well, and, and that kind of leads me perfectly into this because you took over as a play-by-play voice in 2018. There's been some disappointing years. There are plenty of players who are now Stanley Cup yeah. champions that went through some of those tough years as well. So in that vein, who are you maybe, I don't, I don't think happiest for is a fair term, but I'll use it here. Who are you happiest for on the team? Well, you, you know, before I started doing this, I was in, I've been inside the organization in some shape or form uh, since 2005. So we saw the ups, we saw the downs, and uh, I think there's a reason that Eric Johnson got the cup passed to him first from Gabe Landeskog, mm-hmm. because those two have been on the journey together, really, as we mentioned, since 2011. And and Johnson was, was very public about the fact that he thought about not coming back to play hockey this season. He's been riddled with injuries the past couple of years. And at some point, you have to get to a crossroads and say, okay, am I going to work to come back or is, is it not it? But I think Eric Johnson saw something special in this group and he decided to come back and he's glad that he did. So I, I think because of longevity, because of injuries, um, it's hard not to be happy for either Johnson, really. Jack Johnson played in his 1,000th NHL game this season. Uh, Andrew Cagliano, again, if you combine regular season and postseason games, he's over 1,200 in the NHL without a cup. So when you see guys who have put in the hard yards for that many years mm-hmm. without reward, and now they finally get it, uh, that's definitely who I'm most happy for. I wanted to ask you as well. We're talking to Connor McGahee. He's the radio voice of the Colorado Avalanche. And I'm sure a lot of our listeners have heard it already. But I do want to play this really quick. And I want to get your thoughts on the goal call. Uh, here it was as the Avs hoisted oh, the Stanley Cup. <laughs> Four check here from Kale McCarr. It's all the way to the other end of the ice. Four seconds. Three seconds. Two seconds. One second. It's over. They did it. They did it. The job is done. The Colorado Avalanche are Stanley Cup champions. The job is done. I love it. Was that off the cuff, or did you have that one uh, hip pocket? You know what's funny? I It was, but I, for whatever reason, I had just been – every single interview that we did with either a player or a head coach, Jared Bednar, after a game, they kept saying the job's not done yet. Even after a win, when people are trying to celebrate, they kept saying the job's not done. And I, I, I guess just by osmosis, that trickles in. And so, so the, the job now is done. And they can all relax. They can all celebrate. But I, I, I love that response every single time, after a win especially. Mm-hmm. And they had 16 of them in the Stanley Cup playoffs and only four losses. But I just thought that that was a great mindset for the team job is not done and when they got to win number 16 it finally was done it's an incredible call i really do love it another thing that i loved is uh the, the home crowd singing all of the small things by blink 182 uh a favorite song of mine for the longest time ever and i knew that they did it in colorado and it was something that really got the crowd involved but we had never really seen it to the extent that it was this year can you tell us a little bit about the lore around that blink 182 song that gets ball arena in a tizzy well, I, I, it, 
like any good thing, it started organically. It just started as a song that Craig Turney, the DJ Triple T, had played in game. And uh, I think it, it happened when the abs were up and uh, people started singing along. And even after the buck was dropped and the music cut out, it continued. And I think it sort of raised some eyebrows and some hairs on some necks. And so they said, wow, that was something. Let's try it again next time we're up in the third period. So they did. And it just sort of, sort of, and forgive the pun, snowballed. Uh, horrible. I hate myself. Um, but uh, it snowballed into what you see now in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, they've had uh, Tom DeLong, Mark Hoppus uh, from Blink-182 really get on board with it. Um, they were trying. I, I, I don't know. I know that there was a, a fan push to try and get them to play the parade today. But as you may have heard, Travis Barker in the hospital. He had some pancreatitis happening, it sounds oh, like. No. so. But at least from afar, they were super honored and into the fact that that the crowd had used their song um, really for a celebration. And, and look, you could go to a, a ton of buildings and, and see sing-alongs. They, uh, ironically, in St. Louis, sing uh, Country Roads by John Denver, and mm-hmm. everyone sings along there. But uh, all the small things uh, has just turned into an anthem for Avalanche fans here and around the world. And when you hear it live, uh, it is it is something special, and I think a lot of the national media that got to see it for the first time during the Stanley Cup playoffs realized that, and I'm, it's really neat that it's gotten as much uh, attention as it has. Well, you bring up a great point, too, because it was John Denver who had the who has the one in St. Louis. I think of Gloria for the St. Louis Blues in the year that they won the Cup as yeah. well, but this one is like, th- this hits a lot more demographics, I would argue, because it's a newer song. In that sense, yeah. it relates more to me, but I think that's part of the magic about it, too. Without a doubt, and, and, and it, it even permeated the media. I mean, The Athletic is going to put out basically their book, the collection of articles from the season in the Stanley Cup run, and the title of it, with a picture of Landis Gog holding the cup above his head, is Carry Me Home, hmm. with a reference to the lyrics in the song, Turn the Lights Off, Carry Me Home. And, and, and that's why, again, it struck so many chords, and it covers a ton of, ton of demographics. Like you said, I mean, if you're our age... I mean, that's right in our wheelhouse for songs that we've listened to 13,000 times um, in our lifetime. I mean, I I still have the CD. The album is still in my my house as we speak right now. Take off your pants and jacket. Yes, sir. Yep, exactly right. I know what it looks like. Uh, (laughs) um, but, uh, But the fact that it can cover so many bases and the lyrics, have, have permeated really everything in, in telling the story about this playoff run, uh, I, I think is really special. And like I said, the best things are never forced. They are organic, and that's exactly what all the small things has turned into for the abs and their fans. Wanted to ask you as well, uh, have you seen the Stanley Cup lately? Because I know it took a little bit of a bump uh, before it even got <laughs> off the ice, and uh, we just want to make sure that it's doing okay. Yeah, cup is all, cup will always be good. <laughs> Uh, the cup has been through the wars, uh, and uh, I think it was Fitton Chicklets who had the tweet early on said, "Oh, cup is in one already," and uh, <laughs> and it was, but it can be repaired, and uh, and I think it has been. I think it's been a little bit uh, fixed. I haven't officially seen the bottom uh, close up to inspect it, but uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's made the rounds. It is uh, still alive and ticking. It's okay. I love parade day because we usually get some of the most 
ridiculous, hilarious, and awesome clips from the speeches <laughs> and all of that type of thing. Of course, you think of uh, Mr. Hull going at it when the, the, the Gloria and, and the Blues won and, and everything that went into that. But for you, um, what are you kind of – who are you keeping an eye on, I guess, would be the way that I word it. Uh, that's a good question. Uh, I'm just – I'm thinking – personality-wise, and, oh, man, that's a good question. I don't know. I, I'm fascinated to see Eric Johnson because <laughs> he's one of the guys who has a good balance. I, I know I, I know he's in, like, every one of my answers, uh, but he's turned into uh, for, a, for a myriad of reasons. And uh, I just think because he's, you know, he also seems like one of the, uh, the social chairs on this team. You know what I mean? You, again, he was, he was talking about trying to get some place to go for 200 people to celebrate the day that they landed. And he said that, you know, they didn't have anywhere because everybody was out of booze. Denver had <laughs> drank the town dry. They didn't go anywhere. Um, so I just, I'm fascinated to, uh, to see him up on stage and during the parade. Um, and, and even Nathan McKinnon, you know, because the pressure has been on his shoulders, and most of it self-applied for so many years now. I mean, we all heard his comments after Game 6 last year, but he hasn't won squat. That's the PG version. <laughs> and now he has. And you tend to see the pressure come off in a big way after it's been applied for not just his entire NHL career going back to the fall of 2013, but before that, when you're, when you're touted as number one and from the same hometown in Sidney Crosby, I mean, imagine that pressure. Yeah. Um, and now imagine the fact that he's, he's not going to be in the conversation where he's a great player that never won anything. He's a great player, one of the of hockey's best that has now won the Stanley Cup. And I can't imagine what that feels like to have that pressure lifted off of your shoulders. The pressure now shifts to Sidney Crosby to get his banged up at Nate did at his Stanley Cup party. <laughs> That's exactly right. I, I, I would... I would love to pay a lot of money to go to Cole Harbor when the Cup comes back to Nova Scotia. I don't even have to be involved, man. I'll be a fly on the wall for that one. That'll work for me. Either works. Totally. 100%. (laughs) Just want to see it. Connor, uh, (laughs) man, I really appreciate the time. We'll keep it short. Today is a day of celebration for you. You took a ton of time out of what is a marathon schedule for the Stanley Cup postseason to chat with the guys on the morning show in the afternoons and everything over the course of the run. And uh, can't thank you enough. Enjoy it, man. Have fun out there. Keep your head on a swivel, and we'll uh, catch up during the offseason or or sometime along the line. Anytime. It's always my true pleasure to be on, and uh, can't wait to see everybody uh, coming up next year. Thanks for having me. Pitter-patter, Connor. Enjoy it. Will do. Thank you. There you go. That's Connor McGahee, the play-by-play voice of... The Stanley Cup champion, Colorado Avalanche. And you love to see that. Uh, I I thoroughly enjoy following around along on Twitter or whatever it may be for the Stanley Cup Parade Day because we get some of our absolute best drops that really have ever come. Like the amount of play that Gloria had after the Blues won. Think you got your number. Let's go blue. Blue. Oh. <laughs> Marty Federko, the great 
song in the background at the time too lose your mind my goodness gloria <laughs> gloria i think i got your number <laughs> gloria i think we say uh, joe sackick doing that today no <laughs> this is only gonna blink? be one of many stanley cups that we win here because we bleed blue yeah we bleed blue Mm-hmm. We win blue. You know that was when he had the realization that we were not going to say "Let's go Blues," but instead, because they had won the cup, it was we went blue. We went Blues. My goodness. So we'll see. Uh, yeah, I like what Connor said. Maybe a little Eric Johnson get in front, but sometimes you always get one of the 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 European guys who gets a little bit too much sauce and. And they step up to the mic, and their teammates get all excited because they're like, "Oh, he's usually well, he's gonna say something." He's kind of quiet, and and he we just watched him beer bong six Bud Lights. Let's see what happens next. Those are always fun as well. So we'll uh, keep an ear to the ground. That's going to be coming up in as Connor said, starting the parade in about ten minutes time, maybe forty five minutes to get down the mile, and then we'll uh, see what happens from there once they crack the mics, but. Hey, you might want to mix in a water over the course of the day as well. We'll keep an eye on that. Uh, Jeff Merrick show coming up just after 10 o'clock. Three guests on the show today for the Merrick show. And should let you know as well, they're going to take a hiatus after today's show as uh, it is the off season. But today, Elliot Friedman, just after 10 o'clock, he'll join the station in about 15 minutes time. Aaron Ambrose, Olympic gold medalist at 10.35, and then Bill Guerin, the general manager of the Minnesota Wild, will hop on. Uh, that'll be just after 11. And that's relevant because the Minnesota Wild did make a trade. Funny enough, we didn't get to it a lot today. But the Wild did trade Kevin Fiala to the LA Kings in return for a first-round pick that I believe is 19th overall yep. in the upcoming draft. And then prospect Brock Faber, who is the captain of the University of Minnesota Gophers. He is a defenseman. He is a 2020 pick, so probably not too far away from signing a deal with the NHL club. But when you think about the Kings and their prospect pool, they have a lot of guys. Like, they didn't even have to move Brant Clark to bring in a guy like Kevin Fiala. And then Fiala signed a seven-year deal with an average... uh, annual value right around $7.9 million, so just under 8 mil per season. Fiala was a guy that, at an, in like a second-line role, kind of a 1B-line role with Minnesota this past season, had 33 goals, 85 points. He played in all 82 games. At times, there were you know talks about how he didn't necessarily see eye-to-eye with head coach Dean Evason, but the biggest reason for this trade is the buyouts that Minnesota had to do last offseason, Ryan Suter and Zach Parisi, which has them on the hook for just under $12 million of dead cap this upcoming season, and then just under $15 million in dead cap for the two seasons after. So basically, Minnesota is going to be trying to play competitive while being at 85% of the salary cap as the rest of the league. It means that you have to make sacrifices. I believe the quote from Bill Guerin 
in his availability on Wednesday was, if we wanted to keep this guy, we would have had to trade three away. And that just didn't make sense for us. But they get back a first-round pick. Granted, it is in the upcoming draft, not in 2023. And they get back a really solid prospect who isn't someone that's pushing for time right now. You don't have to worry about that. It also adds a little bit of depth to kind of the, the defenseman prospect ranks for the Minnesota Wild. They got Carson Lambos that they drafted in the first round. I want to say 2021. It might have, uh, might have been the year before that as well. But they got a couple of guys that are highly touted. Kalen Addison they brought in in trade uh, when they sent Jason Zucker to Pittsburgh. So that's another young guy. They've got obviously the three kind of main defensemen in Matt Dumba, Jared Spurgeon, and I'm blanking on the other one's name. Jonas Brodine. There it is. Um, but that's going to be something that we kind of keep an eye on with the uh, LA Kings. That'll be 11 a.m. Bill Guerin joining Elliot Friedman. So keep an eye on that. Uh, CFL week four gets going today as we wrap up with just a little bit of Canadian content. The stamps are off. But tonight it's the Lions and the Red Blacks. 5.30 start. Nathan Rourke. Going up against the Red Blacks, Lions are 2-0. and First game on the road for them. The Red Blacks are 0-2, coming off a week three bye. But both their losses were against last uh, or the back-to-back champs, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Also, Cavalry FC is in action today. 7.30 start, but they are out on the coast taking on Pacific. So a little bit of Canadian content if you're looking for that as well. That'll do it for us, guys. We'll uh, make way for the Merrick Show. Friedman coming up in a short amount of time here. This has been Sportsnet Today, brought to you by Wild Rose Brewery, proudly brewing their beer right here in Calgary. Visit the Tap Room and Restaurant in the Curry Barracks or find your favorite Wild Rose beer at bars and liquor stores around Alberta. And listen, it's been a weird day, to say the least. If you're just checking in, today was the final day for Boomer here at Sportsnet 960 after just an amazing 15-year run. Uh, The whole show that we did this morning, I say we, but I basically just sat here and giggled or cried. The whole show is podcasted. You can find it on Apple, Spotify, Google, or Amazon. If you're a new listener of the show that maybe found it over the pandemic, or if you're a day one listener for the last 15 years, highly recommend you go and check it out. Went down memory lane with Stephen Brunt, Rhett Warner, Andrew Walker, Brad Living called in, played a ton of old audio, had a bunch of laughs, cried just a little. It's going to be super weird around here without him. Um, that is for sure. He's done so much for this city. He's done so much for the station. He's done so much for everybody who still works here. I know I can just say this on behalf of myself, Patty Dumas and Garrett Vanderplug in the next room. From the bottom of my heart, everything that he has done to make us better and to make this station better, it's going to stick with all of us. He's a true legend in the industry. Up next, it's the Merrick Show. Enjoy, guys. And in the spirit of today, see you, buddies.